and welcome to the Model Railroad Hobbyist Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Gillette, and joining me is Ryan Anderson of Model Railcast Podcast. Anyway, this is part two of our conversation with Jack Burgess. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the upcoming 2011 NMRA convention, which will be held in Sacramento, California. It's been dubbed the Unconventional Convention. Stay tuned with us, and Jack will tell us why. All right, Ryan, let's go. Now, the first I remember seeing the the uh, logo X2011 was on Jack's shirt at Naperville. That's true. So, our, I don't know, uh, you may know more about this, Paul, but is, Jack, are you, like, uh, the person that said, hey, let's do it in Sacramento? No, it was um, the national NMRA. Um, they have a couple of guidelines. One is that they have to rotate around the country. So you'll see them on the East Coast, West Coast, Mid Coast, you know, back and forth, back and forth. So they don't want to have two conventions close to the same area year in two years line. So um, they we were asked to uh, hold the convention in California. Uh, the same, basically, the same committee, the same chairman, uh, and probably three quarters of the people on the committee. Uh, we're responsible for the 2000 NMRA convention in San Jose. And that was a very successful convention. That was, uh, attendance peaked at that convention. We had over 2000 people, as I remember, and it kind of went downhill after that. Um, and so we were approached about doing another convention. Uh, we would have liked to have it in the Bay area because there's a lot of layouts here, but, they wanted to have it in Sacramento for several reasons, so um, we agreed to that. Um, and the unconventional convention was a logo that we were kind of sitting around trying to figure out what kind of model or whatever we wanted to have. And um, we were interested in doing things differently. We'd already done a regular convention, uh, kind of by the book. Um, and so we kind of, it kind of, came up the, the whole idea of why not have an unconventional convention. And so uh, that has kind of driven a lot of things. Um, the first of, which is the price. Um, for the first couple of years, we had a $99 registration fee uh, instead of the typical $175. And that was very successful. Uh, we've raised it to 139 It's going to stay at 139 until the convention now. But that's still cheaper than most of them. The, um, the next thing we have done, which no one has ever done, is everything is online. Um, we have a website. You know, everybody has, has websites. But I'm talking about registrations. You can register online. You can sign up for tours. You can pay your money on tours. You can sign up for operating sessions. Um, you can do every single thing that you want to do can be done online. Um, so you can get go to our website and say, okay, I've paid my registration. I want to check out what layout tours and, and pick a couple layout tours and maybe a prototype tour and um, an operating session and find them and sign up for them. And if there's costs, pay for them. Um, no one's ever done that before. So, and there's a lot of advantages, but uh, that's another unconventional thing that we're doing. Um, so we kind of look at everything, even the banquet. We're not doing a normal banquet. Um, so that's kind of driven a lot of stuff for our convention. So it's going to turn out to be, a, I think, a very, very convention, or very good convention. 
um, a lot of different clinics. Uh, instead of the same clinics that you typically see at nationals, there's going to be a lot of different ones. Um, a lot of prototype tours, a lot of self-guided tours. National has discouraged having self-guided tours. Uh, we're going to have them all week long uh, for people that would prefer to drive themselves instead of be on a bus. Some people like to be on a bus and not drive. Other people prefer to drive and control their own time and so forth. Um, we're also having an advanced section the weekend preceding the convention. The convention starts on uh, July 3rd. The advanced section starts on July 1st, and it is here in the Bay Area. Um, there's a lot of layouts you can see. There's a couple of prototype tours. Um, and so that you can fly into the Bay Area, for example. There's three airports here. And spend a couple of days looking at layouts and then go on up to Sacramento from, from here. Uh, so that's different. So uh, like I say we're trying to do a lot of things different. Um, we have we know what we need to do. We've done it before, so um, I think people can expect a, a really fun convention. Okay. What is that website, Jack? It is www.x2011west.org. Or you can... Or you can just go to the NMRA site, which is www.nmra.org, and um, right along the left-hand side, there's our logo, and just click on it. And Jim, another thing – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, Jack, I was just – for – you know, you, we always have new people getting into the hobby. And as someone who got into the hobby, you know, almost four years ago, you know, and I'd listen to podcasts and – people would talk about certain things that I wouldn't fully understand because I was new to the hobby. Um, can you briefly explain, you kept saying, we did this, we did that, you know, for this convention. Why isn't the NMRA doing it? Does, is there like, you're uh, just like a, a subdivision of the NMRA doing it for this area and, and, and the, uh, the Hartford show that I went to two summers ago was, just that area? I mean, is a local group running the show and not the NMRA? How does that yeah. work? Well, yes, and let me give you a background first. It, the Sacramento Convention was similar to ones that had preceded it, where a region, in this case the Pacific Coast region, sponsors or hosts the convention. Uh, after the San Jose National, the national organization and their volunteers started taking on a number of tasks, uh, such as getting clinics together um, and um, handling uh, layout tours, for example. And the advantage of that is those can be tasks that people in a particular area may have never done. Um, you, know, if you, you know, if I went to you and said, and you could do this, if I went to you and said, why don't you set up 200 clinics? Well, you could do it because you know a lot of people. But if I went to somebody else and said, okay, you're in charge of clinics, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even know how to get hold of Tony Custer, you know, to do a clinic. Uh, and so National started doing those. But the problem was that we started having some of the same clinics. Um, and so what we insisted is that we be responsible for everything. Uh, we wanted to be in charge of registration, in charge of clinics, the whole ball of wax. And so our committee is doing everything. Um, the advantage, if you have some experience or, you know, or, or you're um, 
comfortable with doing it is you get a local flavor. And that's what they really want a national to have is not clinics that are kind of generic and, and, and some of them will be, but they want clinics that kind of reflect your area. So we've got a clinic, for example, on uh, Nevada Cow narrow gauge. You know, that's, that's a local uh, narrow gauge railroad pretty close to Sacramento. But we, the next day, there is a prototype tour with a 24-person minibus that will go up and visit where that railroad ran and stop and look at where places, you know, where the stations were and where the bridges were. And uh, Bill Schomburg, as you probably know, models the Nevada County Narragate. So he's giving the clinic, and then he's going to be on the bus to talk about it. So, you know, maybe you don't have to be somebody that wants to model that railroad. It's just kind of cool to hear, hear the clinic, learn about it, and then go up and say, wow, you know, I get, there's the picture. There's where the roadbed was. Um, so that's where the local flavor comes in. There, we've got some SP clinics um, Donner Summit clinics, you know, that kind of thing. So is that is that typical? I mean, like, did the Hartford region, you know, tell the NMRA we, we, we want to control the whole thing? Uh, or no, is that specific to you guys? Yeah, we, they did a lot of stuff themselves. Uh, and if, if you remember the Hartford, and, and, you're, and you're right, the, the Hartford was put on by the, that particular region. Um, and so they, the committee has to negotiate the hotels and, uh, you know, they get some help from national, but, uh, we have to negotiate transportation contracts for all the buses, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you, if you remember at Hartford, there were a lot of clinics on steel and marine, uh, marine rail interface stuff, um, which is good because, you know, you, you're going to a place that, is in that particular region, and uh, so you learn about stuff. Maybe it's not stuff you are going to model, but I think a lot of modelers have a very broad interest and and get, have a good clinic on a subject that you may never use is still a good good clinic. Right. Okay, so it, it's good that not only does the NMRA move the national around the country just so it's closer to some people than others, but you also get, like you said, the local flavor – is is kind of guys try to kind of focus on the local flavor. So the the Wisconsin show was probably you know getting a more a Midwest theme in some of the clinics. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Very you know, cool. Yeah. And another thing that we've got uh, one advantage of being in Sacramento is the California State Railroad Museum. Um, they are one of the best railroad museums in the. Well, I think they were the best one in the United States and one of the best ones in the world. Um, it's an unbelievable museum. It's a huge museum. And one thing that they have done, which is very, very cool, is uh, inside where, I mean, the stuff is all on display inside the building, but it's in context. So uh, a typical visitor uh, to the museum comes in and they have an auditorium and they say a, a short presentation on railroads and so forth. And then the the curtains open and you're looking at a full size 440 circa 1876. It was at the Trans Transcontinental Railroad, you know, at uh, Promontory, and it's in the, a full size diorama. So behind it are rock cliffs, and in front of it is a snowshed. Uh, and it's kind of cool to see be in there 
and you know people are watching this little movie and then this thing opens up and they're kind of going you know it's kind of blows you away because um it's it's like a full-size diorama and uh in other places there's false front buildings that are of the same era as the equipment right in front of them and uh one point and i know they did this on purpose it is so cool because it this is if you you follow the normal flow you come in you're walking alongside a V&T engine and tender and one or two cars on a V&T bridge. This is a Virginian truck. Uh, it's on a full-size bridge. And you walk around the corner and you're staring right at the front of a cab forward. Those were 4884s, I think. And as you move away and you start seeing how long this thing is, and it's inside the building, um, it's very, very well done. Um, and I, I, people will probably forget, but one of the things that just blows people away is there's a, a Pullman, a sleeper, and you get on board, and they've got some of the berths set up for sleeping, and some are down, you know, and so forth. And then you start realizing that the entire car is rocking. It's a slow rocking, and you hear this click, click, as the car is moving over the rail joiners. And outside, you know, every once in a while, you hear the whistle blow and grade crossing bells. And then you hear, you see a flash on the shades where at a grade crossing, the headlights from an automobile are flashing across the window. It is very, very cool. Okay, that's something I'm going to have to check out. <laughs> uh, yeah, golly, that would be worth the trip right there. Oh, it is a fantastic museum. And we're doing a number of things in partnership with them. They are just, they've been fantastic with us. Um, we're, there's one, first of all, as part of your registration, you can go to the museum every single day for free. Uh, well, how close parts. is the museum? About eight blocks. Oh, yeah. really? Wow, okay. Um, and one day they're going to open up early for us. So people, they will pull down the ropes and let you put up your tripods where you can't use tripods during the regular opening. And, of course, there's kids running around, you know, screwing up your shot. Um, another day there is uh, a tour of the back shops. Um the museum sits right next to what was Southern Pacific's shops for, I don't know how long, up until uh, the 50s and 60s. And a couple of the buildings, or several, three or four of the buildings, are going to be used by the museum for a future, um, uh, future exhibits. And so they will take us out and let us see the back shops and the transfer table and so forth. Um, the California Railroad Museum Library has hundreds and hundreds of photos they have pullman collection they have uh lucius Beebe's collection of photos um thousands of photos and they're going to give a talk on how to access those photos uh and then take you over to the, the library and and um let you see it um there's several others one of uh several other special events that the museum is doing for us that you wouldn't normally be able to do. Correct. I mean, you're not going to be able to go, get in there early on your own. You're not going to be able to see the back shops on your own. Um, the library, you, know, you can go on your own. And I, I used to go up there all the time. And I would just walk in. I would go in once a year. And the librarian would recognize me, remember my name. And as I walk in, she would just look at me and say, you, Jack Burgess, you're Valley Railroad, right? Yep. I would just say, 
why don't you show me what you've got since I was here a year ago? Okay. And they would, you know, in about oh, five or 10 minutes, they would hand me about a dozen file folders with photos. And I'd flip through them and say, oh, there's a brand new one. I've got to have a copy of that. And oh. order copies. Uh, wow, this could be, I mean, that's <laughs> got to be a huge draw in oh, itself yeah. to get people to the show. Well, in, you know, and on these photos, you know, once you learn what they have, I mean, they don't have a list of every single photo online, but um, Bill Schomburg has told me he's called them up and, and they know who he is and says, you know, I've run in an article. I need a picture of such and such a car. Have you got, you know, an engine or car or whatever? Have you got a photo of it? And uh, they'll check and they'll say, yep, yeah, we do. Okay, I you order me a print, print it and, uh, you know, mail it to me. Um, and it's a fantastic museum. That's where all my stuff is going because it's accessible. It's not like one of these museums where, yeah, uh, we'll hold it and you could look at it, but we're not going to make you a copy. Um, they'll make copies. You know, the, the copies are reasonable. And um, you can go through what they've got and so forth. So the convention, what? You said it starts on uh, 7-3? Correct. It starts on a Sunday and uh, runs till the following Saturday. Uh, National, okay. National Train Show starts Friday morning for convention attendees only and then opens up to the public on noon on Friday and then runs Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And this is in Sacramento. It sounds like I'm going to have to uh, plan a road trip over there. From Phoenix. Oh, you could be here in a day and a half. In a day and a half? <laughs> I'm big for driving straight through. Jack, I'll cut that down a little bit. <laughs> that way I can spend more time with the trains. There you go. So as we progress closer, the website will start uh, flushing out the agenda, the speakers. or Is this stuff all pretty well set? Um, a lot of it is set. Um, layout tours are set. You can buy layout tours right now. Uh, one thing is not set, for example, is the list of self-guided layouts available during the advanced section, for example. Uh, I'll be open, um, but and I know some people that are, but they don't have that. <coughs> excuse, they don't have that list up yet. <clears throat> um, all the prototype tours are there. Uh, the sooner you register the sooner you can sign up, because some of these are going to sell out for sure. Um, for example, you know, if you came into the advanced section, you could see my layout. Um, during the week, there are two tours that will come down from Sacramento to the Bay Area. The north and the Bay Area is about an hour long. Uh, it takes about an hour to get from the south end of the Bay, San Francisco Bay, to the north end. And um, so the north end they'll be running some bus tours out of Sacramento because that's only about an hour out and that's very doable. Uh, the mid Bay, I'm, I'm two hours from Sacramento. So what they're going to do is they're going to use Amtrak to get people down here midweek for a couple tours. Um, I'm on a tour on Tuesday and I'm on a tour on Wednesday. Both of them, people come down by Amtrak four person buses. Um, if you looked at Railroad Model Craftsman this month, March, I did an article on three prototype three layouts. And one of them is mine, one of them is Jim Diaz, and the other is Andy Schnur. And all three of us will be on the same bus tour on Wednesday. 
along with three more layouts. On Tuesday, uh, Andy will not be on the layout tour, but Otis McGee will be, and, and a couple more. And Otis was in Great Model Railroads this past fall. Um, so we're talking some very, very good layouts, um, all on the same tour. And so it's a day-long tour, but you're going to see six layouts and come down by a train. And that, that means, and as far as I, I know, they're going to uh, have their own car. So everybody in the same in the car will be model railroaders, and you know you get to know people, and then get on a bus with them and spend the day seeing layouts. Cool. At any of this, the now you've got the museum there. I know last year up in Milwaukee, uh, we had some historic cars brought in for it, like the the, the old Milwaukee uh, Observation and Superdome. Is anything scheduled like that for this one? No, but. Uh, you could ride trains just about every single day of the week. Uh, okay. The they're going to run a, a tour over to the Sierra Railroad. Uh, people will remember the Sierra. It's been in hundreds of movies. Uh, generally, the same engine, uh, just different lettering. Uh, <laughs> and it was in um, uh, Petticoat Junction. Remember where the the beginning of that series? Yes. Don't, don't say you didn't watch it. I know you watched it. I watched it. I wanted to see the girls in the water tower. Okay, you'll see that water tank. That water tank is in Jamestown. And okay. So, um, they'll go over to Jamestown by bus, and you'll get a shop tour. Shops are basically unchanged since they stopped running in 1955 or so. Um, we'll get a, a full shop tour and then a train trip behind steam. Um, hopefully, it'll be the number three. That That is the engine that was in Petticoat Junction. It was in uh, Back to the Future, the, the Western one. I think that was the third one. Um, and what's kind of cool is, it, I don't know if they'll do this part, but if you go behind the roundhouse, they have all these props. And there's extra stacks to make it look old and and signs to put on the station to call it different things, you know. Um, and you'll just look around and you'll start seeing, I, I've seen that picture before, you know. So yeah, that is a very cool railroad. It, it's all they have is steam, so it's not going to be one of these things where oh, we're sorry, we're running diesel today. They have three steam engines: uh, a Shea, a two eight zero, and a, uh, the number three is a four six zero, I think. Um, another day, they're going to go up to the Virginia and Truckee in Nevada, which is seems like a long way away, but it's not that far. And uh, they have rebuilt part of the Virginia and Truckee down to Carson City and we'll be running steam that day um, on a reconstructed portion of the V&T. Um, and then if you, you just really like diesels, another trip is going to the Feather River Canyon, uh, which is where the UP, um, well, the UP bought out the WP. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there's a museum, there's a WP museum there. And what they have is a, a program where you can run a diesel engine for an hour, I think it's an hour. Pretty expensive. But we bought an hour, at least we're going to if enough people sign up, and split it up among six people. So you can run a diesel for 15 minutes or whatever it is uh, while you're there looking at everything else. So unconventional. See, that's neat. That's unique. No, that's unconventional. you got to remember. Yes. I like it. Well, as part of that, Jack, um, you mentioned uh, briefly that 
there is a way or a chance to see your layout, even though you're two hours away. Right. And and how how is that? You have to sign up for a certain thing? Well, you one way to do it, the easy way to guarantee you're going to get to come is uh, attend the advanced section. In other words, come into the Bay Area on Friday, and uh, I'll be open Friday evening. Jim Diaz will be open Friday evening. Uh, a couple other layouts. Um, we'll be on a self oh, for open group. house. Yeah. Be an oh, open, okay. You know, self-guided open house. So you come over and spend as much time as you want until there's so many people here. We make people, you know, leave or get in the back of the line and, and come back through. Um, so that'll be on Friday, July 1st. There is an operating session, which I will be involved in on Saturday, July 2nd. And that's only four people. Um, so if it's still available, well, actually, in those operating sessions, what they're going to do is you can sign up for them right now. Say, here's what I want. I want Jack Burgess and GMD. This is my number one pick. And number two is um, you know, so-and-so. Number three is this one and so forth. And then they're going to wait till April 15th. And I don't know how they're going to pick, but they're going to pick people that day. So um, that's a possibility. And then they're, as I mentioned, during the convention, Tuesday and Wednesday, there are um, the Amtrak tours that will come down here and, and see my layout and Jim Diaz and several others. Okay. Well, as part of that, Jack, um, are you're two hours away. Are you north or south? Uh, kind of southwest. So your tour oh, – okay. I was going to ask because uh, Yosemite is kind of southeast of – Sacramento, right? The real okay. Yosemite. Yeah. Because uh, so it is how uh, probable? Well, I don't know what the right word, for lack of a better word, probable is it for an attendee who wanted to one, they had a chance to see your railroad, and then would want to go out to Yos. Is there anything left to see at Yosemite for the railroad? Um, kind of. And kind. I've got uh, on my website. I've got a. Um, a file, uh, and it describes where to go. You, know, you start at the SP station. I tell you what was there, uh, and it tells you to go to this corner. And there's now a, a Walgreens there, but the tracks went across their parking lot. And uh, as you get further out of town, there's some bridges, bridge abutments you can see. So I tell people how to find stuff. There's there's not a whole lot, but um, uh, if people wanted to visit Yosemite, for example, I I don't know how long it would take to get down there. Maybe four hours. I haven't looked. Really? Uh, okay. But, you know, it's, it's doable. You know, you could leave early in the morning and you could spend a day in Yosemite. It's um, July. It's going to be very, you know, it's going to be warm. There's going to be a lot of people. But um, you can easily <laughs> do that. And another okay. thing that we're doing, they're not up yet. Uh, I'm writing them and they'll probably be up in a week or less, is we've got a list of day tours or day trips out of Sacramento for, um, you know, I don't want to be chauvinist, but for wives or non-rails, um, people maybe come with their husband and they like clinics and they lay out, lay out tours, but they want to take a day or two and do something on their own. And so uh, the Napa Valley wine country is a couple hours away from Sacramento. Uh, you can get to San Francisco. That's two hours away, and you can do it all by Amtrak and, and uh, commuter rail, or you could drive it. Uh, the Gold Rush country is like half an hour away. Uh, and so 
these will give some ideas for day trips, where to go, where to have lunch. Um, you There's know, just a ton to do out there. Oh, yeah. Out of curiosity, what does it cost to go from Sacramento to, say, San Francisco on 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 the rail? What's mm, I'm thinking like 20, 25 bucks, something like yeah. that. One way? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's not, wow. not terrible. Um, you know, and one of... And another one of the tours, which is very cool, you know, everybody knows about Donner Summit. Um, and that's where the first Trans Transcontinental Railroad went over. SP had cab forwards up there and so forth. But I've got one day trip to follow the Donner Party, um, which people will recognize that party. Uh, they got stuck in the snow and spent the winter of 1846 to 47 stuck in 22-foot deep snow on the far side of the Sierras. And so... Uh, the day trip talks about how to get to where the Donners themselves spent the winter and then go up to the state park and, and see the museum there. And, and you can walk over to a big rock that was one side of a cabin and so forth. Um, so very, very cool trip. Is um, Duncan McCree going to be part of this at all? Uh, I would guess he's coming. I haven't talked to him. Um, I mean, because he is the Donner Summit guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's done a lot of research on it. He's he's, he's building a railroad on it. He's done uh, a number of videos that uh, are on uh, YouTube, and I got one or two on the Model Railcast site. So I thought maybe you had uh, had him. You don't have him doing it as a clinician or anything. No, we actually have John Signer, uh, who has written the book on the uh, Southern Pacific, uh, that particular division that covers Donner. He's going to oh, get it. Okay. And then there is also a prototype tour uh, with some docents that uh, are out of Truckee. And um, the bus will go up to Donner Summit. And they're kind of still fleshing it out what they're going to do. But the idea is to see where the tracks were, see the snow sheds, because um, some of that SP which has been taken out of service. Um, so people that are modeling that from a distance have never been up there. This is a chance to not only go there, but to have a guide to show you what was there and, and so forth. All right, railroaders. Now listen up. This is Ryan. I've been to one national and it wore me out, but I got to tell you everything Jack is talking about there. Part of the problem is you get your packet from the NMRA or from X 2011 um, what is it? X2011 West. West.org. And the problem is you're going to look at this packet and you find something very interesting and it happens to be at the same time something else is and you have to make choices. And it sucks. <laughs> you're not going to be able to do everything. And what I propose is that this be two weeks long. But even if it was two weeks long, it probably still wouldn't be enough time to do everything. No, it wouldn't. You know, we have clinics running from first thing in the morning until 11 o'clock at night every day. We have prototype tours running every day. We have layout tours running every day. We have self-guided layout tours running every day. We have general interest tours running every day. So you could spend a week doing nothing but clinics. There's probably like 200 clinics. Um or spend the whole do week doing nothing but layout tours. There are, are also operating sessions all week. I, I, don't, I don't know about every day, 
But there are operating sessions during the week out of Sacramento where you can sign up and operate on somebody's lab. Um, you know, so yeah, you've well, got to you've got to pick. Yeah, well, let me. Were you on the committee that helped put that schedule together, to try to get everything organized and and create that list? No, no. <laughs> I'm in charge. Okay. Of, I'm, yeah, I'm in charge of publicity for. Okay. The well, you're doing a great job with that, but I would hate to be the person that was on that because you could see two things and say, uh, I want to go see – operate on layout A, but I also want to go do this tour of this railroad, and they're at the same time, and you're going to have to choose. That's right. So, guys, get to the website early. Sign up early. Get your packet because the sooner you get it, the more time you have to make those decisions. Well, and also want to mention two more things. One, we also are on Facebook. This is the very first convention that's ever, ever had a Facebook presence. Um, and we use that to announce when things are coming up. Uh, we used it to announce when hotel reservations could be made online, when uh, the clinic schedule went online and so forth. Um, we also just started last week a Yahoo chat list, which is a way – we're going to make some announcements on that, but it's also a way for people to ask questions. Uh, they're having a problem getting their hotel reservation. So the committee monitors that. Everybody that's on the committee monitors that chat list. And when someone says, um, I can't get my hotel reservation, then the person that can help them will get back to them and say, let me see what I can do for you. So you're talking to the committee as opposed to emailing you know, an anonymous person through a website. Um, we also have a Twitter account, and there's not a whole lot going on there. I don't, I don't do that, but we're going to use it during the convention to announce changes. Um, you know, some maybe, maybe you really, really wanted to go see the Sierra Railroad, but you missed out and they were out of tickets. The day before the, the tour, somebody turns in their ticket, gets a refund, refund because they couldn't make it. We will tweet everybody and said, say, there is now two more tickets for the Sierra Railroad tour, which is tomorrow. Um, Ooh, what's the Twitter account? You don't know yet. <laughs> uh, it, no, it's up. If you go to our website, there is a link there to the Facebook account and to the Twitter account. Sweet. I love you guys getting into the technology. That's well, awesome. And we are also going to have apps. Um, we've what? got... We've got some Apple people and some very highfalutin computer types. Um, well, you are so, in that area. <laughs> yes. And so the convention program, usually, you know, you have walked around, you've got it stuck in your pocket. Convention program will be a phone app. Oh, that or, is so cool. I'm going. Um, and so we're going to use everything we can to keep people communicating. We're trying to use Facebook for people that, well, and the Yahoo. For people that, you know, they, they decide they want to go and uh, they need a roommate. They want to split up room costs. Um, in the past, there's never been a way to do that. You know, there is for Naperville because everybody that goes to Naperville is on the steam air freight car list. Uh, but you can never do it for a national convention. Or you want to, um, you want a carpool. You've got a car. You would like to split up the gas costs. You've got room for three more people. You could put out a tweet. You could it on facebook you put it on the chat list and say i'm looking for three non-smokers you know that'll share gasoline costs and these are the last i want to go to 
Um, much be much better than having a little sign-up sheet on a bulletin board that said, I need a ride, please, please, please. Wow. Very cool. So the next one, the next convention, because I don't want to push you too far technology-wise, but for the 2,000 people that get to make it to this show that are lucky enough to go and 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 experience this amazing show, the next thing is to actually set up clinics with live video feed so people can feel like they're being a part of the show and, and watch the show uh, from the internet at home. We've thought about that. Uh, the problem is that, and I don't know if it would be, well, there's two problems. One problem is um, there, Wi-Fi at the convention center is extremely expensive, you know, like $400 a day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a ripoff. Yes. And we need control, 4G phones. <laughs> yeah, we're actually afraid that we might have so many people walking around with their iPhones that, um, you know, the cell network is starting to get overloaded. Um, but the, the, one of the major problems was that getting the signal out of the convention center was going to be extremely costly. Um, you know you can call AT&T and Verizon, and they can bring over what's called a cow, which is a cell site on wheels, and set it up. Yeah, ex it. except that there is a, um, a vendor that has a contract with the convention center, and they do not allow anybody else to videotape, nobody else to have any kind of a Wi-Fi signal. They are all... Con all okay, so... <laughs> Uh, this is getting to a whole nother ball wax thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll right. it'll come one of these days, but uh, and, we, and we have talked about it. We would love okay. to do it. Cool, cool. Wow, Jack, that phew. guys again. This sounds like the show to go to if you've been thinking about going to an NMRA national. Um, this might be the one to go to. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it Well, I logged onto the website while you guys were talking. It's a very uh very well laid out website. Easy to navigate. Uh number of the packages you can already sign up and purchase right now. Yeah, you can go ahead and, and order your convention car, which of course is a prototype car. Because um, we're and you know, you could you could look at the clinic schedule. The clinic schedule is gonna change, but you can get an idea of a lot of the clinics um so, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a good one. I would not associate myself with one that's not going to be good. Well, it looks like it's exciting. This is I've never been to one. Yeah, you know, Ryan, you've been to them. I never have. Just, but this is uh, this is probably my year to do this. Well, get it off my bucket list. Yeah, you should go and just be prepared. It will wear you out, and uh, especially if you do, you know, go out on any of the obsessions but i think we ought to have a uh, model rail cast podcast uh booth do some uh podcast recording there some on the spot we'll get joe to uh, budget it well we did the <laughs> nmra convention in hartford at the hartford national uh, uh a couple of railcasters uh helped me put one on on the spot and uh what, the way it worked out, what Jack is talking about is true of any convention. It must be, you know, I guess it's a union thing, no offense to the union workers. But 
I went to the office and asked them, hey, can I get some internet? And they were like, yeah, it's you know, $300 a day. I was like, what? <laughs> Buy internet for two years? Oh. Well, there happened to be a Seattle's best coffee in the convention main hallway area, and they had free Wi-Fi, and I was able to connect to theirs and uh, broadcast live and record uh, a show, and we were grabbing people as they were walking by, and uh, the convention folks weren't too happy about that, but we did it anyway. <laughs> I know, but, uh, you know, I, I it, MRH will be up there, right? Yeah. So, they're gonna they're gonna have a I mean, big Joe Joe have a booth and uh and uh y- you know if we're gonna talk about some of this personally this we could probably push this off. This is a long show. We might break this up into pieces, but uh I am planning on coming out this year. However, uh I'm probably gonna make it a family trip like a lot of people do, which means I'm flying into San Diego or um you know that area and taking Noah to Legoland. Then we're going to take the Pacific Coast Highway up, spend some time in San Francisco. So by the time I get to the show, I'm going to be there in time uh, for probably the last day in the tr- the train show part of it. So towards the end of the week was is the current plan. Uh, so I won't be there the whole week, but I am planning on on being there probably the last two or three days. Sounds like you are afraid of choices. You don't want to come early and have to choose between a clinic or a layout tour. Well, I I won't deny (laughs) that, but if I could lose the baggage, no offense to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) But they're not railroaders. I mean, if it was a family trip just for going out to California, it would be great. But, uh, you know, it's... It's basically, honey, I'm going to go to San Francisco area and go to a train show. Oh, you're not going to California without me. <laughs> well, we can find things for the kids to do. Yeah. There's, there's stuff up here for them. There's two theme parks up here. Um, you know. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff to do in that area. That's for sure. So I don't know. I'm still – I mean, this is very early stages. So uh, I'm, I'm planning on coming out. I just don't know how long I'm going to be there. But, uh, I tell you what, you might want to keep the part of your schedule where you come up the Pacific Coast Highway to uh, Frisco out of uh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Might want to keep that flexible because if gas keeps going up, it may be an Amtrak trip for you. <laughs> well, I'm flying out, so I could rent rent a car down in San Diego, then take a train, and then run another car. So I don't know, but I will keep that in mind. Wow, Jack. So you guys. Uh, I was going to say you have your work cut out for you, but it sounds like you guys have done most of the work and, and you're just gearing up for the day. Yeah, well, I'm I'm about done. I, you know, I did a lot of articles for the NMRA magazine and um, RMC and so forth, and um, we've got some print ads out there, but uh, we're running up against um, publishing times, and so we're at the point where we can't get anything else in the in the magazines. Well, there is one magazine that that may be able to help you with that because their published time, lead times aren't quite as long. 
That's true. MRH, yeah. I think. Model yeah, Model Railroad Hobbyist. Digital yeah. e-zine. <laughs> That's true. That's all true. And, uh, and it will have another. Actually, if you go back, uh, there have been four layouts already in the magazine that will be on tour. And uh, the one com- the magazine coming out next week will have Kermit Pauls, who's also on tour. Oh, uh, cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Jack, thank you so much for your time and in uh, your hard work in X 2011. I mean, geez, Pete, guys, you got, wow, I'm looking forward to it. Well, as Ryan says, I think this is the uh, convention we all need to go. I'm making my plans. Good grief, I've never been to one. Anyway, thanks to Jack for his time and giving us this update. Ryan and I have enjoyed this. Trust you'll uh, stay tuned for the Jack Burgess uh, interview series, Part 3, where we talk about a couple of really special model railroads that he has reviewed and written for in Model Railroad Hobbyists. So I'm your host, Paul Gillette, saying thanks again, and look forward to you next time on the Model Railroad Hobbyist Podcast. Thank you.